Hello, hello. Today is the 21st of September in 2023. Can't believe the year is almost over. So welcome to Gamer Radio. We've been on a hiatus for a bit. We're back. Yay. I'm, of course, Michael Dominic, your host as always. So quick show update before we dive in, right? And this is going to be kind of a shorter, just, you know, tag up episode. We're going to be moving to a twice a month format. The reason for that is, uh, you know, these games these days are just so long to get through them and to provide like adequate analysis of the development and the actual gameplay is just too hard on a weekly uh, churn cycle. And that was one of the big challenges before. So we're going to keep it to roughly every two weeks, probably releasing towards the end of the week. I'm shooting for Thursday drops if possible, but you know, the vagaries of editing and lining up guests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're also going to have rotating guests. And, uh, you know, some regular folks back again, too. So that should be fun. So without ado, let's jump in it. All right. So what I have been playing, Jedi Survivor on the PlayStation 5. It is a really good, if not somewhat buggy, which, you know, yeah, seems to be the common thing these days, right? These games get released and are buggy. I will say the latest patch that came out, I believe, the end of last week, or at least that's when I did it definitely cleans up some of the issues but there there are noticeable bugs particularly with weird platforming issues right i've i've had my poor uh, cal character fall through a number of walls <laughs> things like that while trying to do the parkour stuff with that said it is a very fun game it builds upon the format of a uh, jedi uh, what is it jedi fallen order the, the predecessor right adds a little more story a little more depth you know, but it is basically more of the same in a, in a lot of ways. So that's, you know, this, I'm not going to spoil the story too much, but it does bring in some of the lore of the Old Republic, which is interesting. Something that Fallen Order, I guess, did a little, but this definitely goes, takes it a step further. Uh, your favorite man, Vader, is back, uh, respirator and all. So that's fun. Yeah, good, good game, worth picking up. Teen rating, right? So, you know, keep that in mind for the little ones. But I definitely recommend it, uh, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. In terms of the genre, it is a Souls-like, but it is very much the Diet Coke of a Souls-like, right? You're not, I mean, I'm not a huge Souls-like player. I find them, you know, and they are intentionally so, right? Fairly frustrating. But this one is uh, definitely more forgiving than, let's say, a Dark Souls, for example, or something in that lineage, or like a Bloodborne. Next up, uh, Mortal Kombat 1. So it's Mortal Kombat, right? Death Not for the Kitties. I love it. I have been an MK fan since the 90s. I beat it in two sessions. The story, I like it a lot. You know, it, it does their kind of normal, pseudo-cheesy Mortal Kombat story. Definitely a, a bit of a different spin this time, but, it, but it's Mortal Kombat. You're not going to be super shocked, I don't think. Uh, the towers are there. You know, if it's, you've got your your survivor mode on the towers, your, your standard towers. One choice that I thought was rather odd from the previous games is the towers are not offline. Uh, I kind of learned this the hard way. So if you, let's say, pause your PlayStation or Xbox or whatever you're playing on and you know need to be like AFK for 10 minutes, your system will likely go into rest mode and lose the connection to the Mortal Kombat servers, and you will simply lose all your progress on the tower which is pretty frustrating. It's one of those cases where did this need to be online enabled, right? Or should I should say online mandatory. Kind of kind of frustrating, but 
other than that, really good. It does add this new mode called Invasions that is effectively like Mario Party. It's a little weird. I've played the first two boards, right? So for folks who don't know, Mario Party is effectively like a digital board game with little mini games. Um, and that's exactly what this is in Mortal Kombat. You're moving your character uh, as though he or she were a game piece around this board. You're hitting different challenges, which most of the time are Mortal Kombat fights with like weird modifiers, but they're usually not that big of a deal. Sometimes the end stone for a board or the end cap for a board, I should say, is a more severe modifier, uh, which is kind of like you're at a big disadvantage. It's fun. It's okay, right? It's not my favorite mode. It is a way to unlock a lot of cosmetic items relatively easy, easily. So if that's something that you're interested in, I tend not to care that much about the cosmetic unlocks. But certainly uh, if you do and you don't want to spend in-game currency or actual money, which I totally understand, uh, invasions is a good way to do it. For me, I'm going to stick with the traditional towers and you know the the couch versus mode. Um, I'd be pretty happy. There is almost certainly DLC coming out. It's unclear if that's just new characters or will it be an extension to the story. It would be very cool, and I hope they do extend the story. But given the track record of NetherRealm, that seems less than likely. Also, there are some glaring missing characters in the main roster that do appear in what's called the cameo system. So you can like hit R1 and have your cameo partner kind of jump in. Like if it's like Sub-Zero, he'll like throw an ice thing or whatever. That seems pretty likely for the DLC, right? Uh, all the characters, I should say, have been reimagined because this game takes place right after the last one uh, where there were some major story beats and basically you were... I mean, they've gone full multiverse, which I'm so sick of the multiverse thing. I think everybody was just drinking the Marvel Kool-Aid. And I get it. This game was several years in development. So that was the hotness at the time. But so there's, you know, different versions of the characters, right? There's, you know, this reality is uh, Kung Lao and that reality is Kung Lao and that reality is Sub-Zero and this reality is Sub-Zero. It's just, it's exactly, you know, Avengers Assemble, exactly what you expect. Still, fun gameplay, not very many bugs, which I was surprised of because I actually played it literally right when it came out. So I was I had it pre-downloaded. It was very uh, stable, which was a nice surprise. The online is good. You do need a good internet connection. And I have gotten a few lags that I felt really degraded the experience, but I, I don't know if you can hold NetherRealm responsible for that given... Just the state of high-speed internet in the U.S. And I have files, but every once in a while, I'll get a hiccup. So I can imagine if you're on, I mean, God forbid, DSL or maybe a lower-tier uh, you know, cable system, you may experience some difficulties, particularly at peak time. But you're going to experience that on any game, right? So that's my more or less my full console update. I think we should transition now to the big news in Nintendo, Nintendo Direct. There's too much here to not do a dedicated show on, and as more is revealed, I plan to, and I plan to have some pretty plugged-in folks who cover Nintendo come on for that. But for right now, I think we should just hit the highlights, right? Peach is getting her own kind of adventure game. Looks cool. Some SNES uh, remakes, most notably a Super Paper Mario. I know that is a big franchise and very popular with a lot of you guys, so congratulations awesome i have only played one paper mario game and i didn't finish it not that it was bad i'm just busy definitely a good introduction for like rpgs for younger younger kids i think that's great 
the new Mario Wonderland? Wonder? Something like that? See, I have the Mad Botter on the brain. I say Wonderland when I think I'm wrong, but looks really cool. Back to the kind of 2D side-scrolling, more of like a 2.5D situation. I like it. The elephant thing is interesting. <laughs> They've definitely taken a, a, an interesting choice of some of the characters. One thing I think didn't get enough coverage on like the bigger outlets is all the characters, save for Yoshi and that weird purple dude, are identical in terms of functionality. That I think is really cool. I've sometimes found that like, oh, Toad's a little faster, but like slides and Luigi does his weird flutter jump thing and Peach like floats, right? I've never been a big fan of that. I kind of like the traditional Mario experience. So this is good. And obviously Yoshi and Nisbet, I think it's the purple dude's name, are effectively invulnerable. So that is great for, let's say you have a younger child that you want to play with you, but you don't want them getting, you know, clobbered by Goombas left and right. I love it. Uh, Yoshi is, of course, rideable as a mount by any other character, including another Yoshi which is kind of silly, but I like it. Game looks great. The art style's got a really, like, I don't know, like, trippy almost vibe. Kind of kind of different for Mario. Um, I think, obviously, it's going to be a hit. I'd say the other big thing that really uh, got my attention was they are doing the last DLC for Mario Kart on Switch. Uh, you're getting a lot of stuff from, like, Double Dash and um, I forgot what the name of the other game, but some of the older games older games and characters from it it's mario kart it's good you should play it if you have like it's to me mario kart is one of the ultimate you know couch have some especially if you've got like you know kids right or friends have some pizza play some mario kart it's it's just perfect so yeah there's a ton more in the nintendo direct i mean big one that i think a lot of people would be interested if they haven't played them before is the first three lara croft games are coming to switch uh, in a remastered form, but they do look pretty faithful to the originals. So that is something, if you've missed that history, you might want to check out. Here's a, just a tip. They're not like the new Laura Croft games very much. So if you're coming from the new ones and you think it's more of the same, you're probably going to be disappointed. It's, uh, it's, it's different. It's definitely an era, a relic of its time in terms of gameplay and mechanics. But, you know, they're good, right? They're not bad. They, they certainly were hits for a reason. That's what made her an icon in addition to some aggressive marketing. All right, so that's it for digital. I should, now we jump into everybody's favorite TCGs. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, the Pokemon TCG has a pretty good big release coming out. Scarlet and uh, Violet 151, I think, which is a set of the original Pokemon, and it looks like it's going to sell like hotcakes. Uh, my kid is very interested in it. It is a very Charizard-focused set. It looks to be... Yeah, it looks to be like it's going to be a hot seller. So if you're into that, I do not play Pokemon competitively. You know, but my son plays it a lot. So we'll probably be picking that up and doing some kitchen table games. Uh, on the Magic side, Wilds of Eldraine, which continues on kind of the fairy tale theme from... I think it was just Thrones of Eldraine was the original Eldraine series was released. I did attend a pre-release. I got shellacked, which is, you know, exactly what happens when it's a ranked event because you can grind all day on arena and do fine and then you get shellacked and real. It's fantastic. The set's cool. The themes are cool. It's got all your, it's got like a little red riding hood sub theme. It's got all your kind of fairy tales you'd expect, you know, uh, the witch with the apple and uh, magic mirror stuff like that, fairies, all that kind of stuff. It is definitely a lower power level if you remember Thrones of Eldraine. 
So I'm not sure that this is going to be, you know, especially for formats like Pioneer that have a bigger card pool, a huge impact on your constructed play. But certainly there's already been a few things that are influencing standard. And yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think it's a, it's a fun set. It's definitely one of those that I, I kind of like the sealed format in it better, right? The limited format where you're just cracking packs and making a deck on the fly because just even playing standard on arena, there are a couple like there's a new fairy deck that, that people are trying. It doesn't seem to be doing super awesome. This weekend is the championship in Vegas. So we'll see how that goes, but you're still seeing, you know, red, black, shieldred mid range, lots of removal. I mean, I just ranked up to gold on arena. I know it's not that great, but it's not bad. And yeah, like those are most of my matchups now are just, you know, not much has changed. So take it for what it's worth. I think we're going to be dealing with those, uh, those Rakdos red, black shieldred decks for a long time, right? Since they added a year to the standard rotation and that just is what it is. So we'll see if the Eldraine set can have a, you know, can anybody take out Shieldred other than Wizards of the Coast, you know, banning it, right? I don't know. And I don't think they're going to ban it because it's not that strong. It's just stupidly good and standard. So we're going to have a special show on the Unity fiasco. Uh, I just want to do a quick, you know, here's what's up for folks who don't know. Last week, Unity came out and said they are going to amend their their the way they charge, right? Their billing for all of their developers. Uh, for those who don't know, Unity is a big game engine. Uh, like Hearthstone's written in it, a bunch of stuff you played has written in it. <laughs> like a juicy chunk of mobile games that are successful are written in it. It's uh, it's a big deal. The controversial thing is one, they're retroactively, they're, they're vadering it, right? Pray, I'm altering the deal. Pray, I don't alter it further. They're also going to an unusual model for, for the gaming industry, which is, in, so Unity never had a ref, real rev share, right? It was, you could pay the licensing fee and like, depending on what level you were, you, you never give them any revenue share. If you were the free one, I think you had to have a splash screen. I've never actually worked with anybody who used the free one, so I'm not... I, I know there was a splash screen, but I'm not sure if the free one did entail a revenue share. But that's not what they're doing now anyway, so the relevance of the rev... The reason I mentioned the rev share is like their main competitor, Unreal, right, which is the Epic Games developed one that you've definitely played games in. And I'm actually working on an Unreal-powered uh, project right now for a client. Is a... I think it's like 5% rev share once you make a million dollars or something, which... Right. Once you make a million dollars, I mean, come on, how many indie indie games are making a million dollars off one title? They're going to a per install model per device and per actual install. At least that's what they said. What that means is reinstalls count. And they explicitly said that that's really in addition to the license fee. So that's really could get really problematic with things like, you know, your customer got a new iPad, your customer. I don't know, right? Borked his computer. I don't, there's a million ways that that could be a problem. I hope this isn't true, but a lot of indie devs I know on Twitter and Reddit are concerned that you get, you know, the the trolls harassing you, and they write like a kid, a script kitty to just uninstall and reinstall your game over and over again, smacking you for whatever it is, twenty cents a time. So again, today's the twenty first of September. Unity had, and a lot of their representatives on social media have been 
kind of fumbling to quell the just massively negative response they got to this. And they've kind of gone back on a few things already. And they say that soon, TM, there will be a revised uh, statement of the policy. The policy doesn't kick in until January 1st. One thing they've already said out loud and promised in writing, which who knows if their social media reps matter in terms of being binding, but you know it is what it is, is that it will not be retroactive. So meaning they don't start counting installs till January 1st. I mean, on the one hand, I do think there's a little bit too much, like, you know, Strom and Fury about this because, yeah, they got to make money. Unity is not making money. They're, they've made some acquisitions, and we're going to have a whole show about this. They made some acquisitions that were questionable, to say the least. They've tried to um, expand outside of the gaming world, and it's not been super successful. They are also the, like, preferred partner for the Apple Vision Pro to do uh, Apple's AR stuff. So it seems like Apple would have a vested interest in having them not shoot themselves in the face. You know, if you do the math, I've seen a lot of people do different uh, kind of analysis and simulations. It's both not, it's not good for developers at all. But it's, in most cases, it's not going to be this apocalyptic you know, they're going to bankrupt all the indies situation. Now, it is fair that, you know, I've seen the argument, and somebody actually sent me something with this, that the problem isn't necessarily the terms. The problem is the idea that they can just arbitrarily change them and change them. You know, it's not just like changing the TOS for like stupid legal reasons. It's, oh, we're straight up like piggybacking on your revenue now. That I, I get, right? Per, but per install again, that's clear it's not a rev share. Um, so you, so if you're free to play mobile game, the vast majority of your gamers don't actually send you any money. You're still paying for them, which is a huge problem, especially given like people wipe their iPhones, they wipe their Android phones, they lose them, they break them. I just had to get a replacement from my iPhone from Asurion. That would be a new install for all the things I install, right? So there's definitely like big, sharp, bloody edge cases here that they needed to do a better job of dealing with. But we'll talk about that more later. I just wanted to kind of flag it as I am aware and I'm not blind to it. I actually have a side project in Unity. So, yay. All right. So we will be back in two weeks. Go ahead and fill out that contact form if you have feedback or anything you want covered. I am trying to have a nice little backlog of a few episodes just in case because I have some travel coming up in the fourth quarter. Um, As always, the show is completely funded by my company, The Mad Botter. Uh, and our Alice automation bot. If you need development work or want to look at automating some of your backend processes and integrating different software solutions, go to alice.dev, fill out the contact form, book a call, let's sit down and chat, see what we could do. Other than that, let me know what you're playing and have a great uh, two weeks. Bye.